0: Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossock, and it's uh, What's Making News, a regular weekly segment with Russell Hanby. Welcome again to uh, Viewpoints, Russell Hanby.
1: Thanks, Henry. How are you, my friend? I'm good, and I know you are too.
0: That's true. You're (laughs) completely right there. I'm good. And I was thinking of you in light of the AFL um, 2020 season, um, in preparation for today. Can you work out how I made that connection?
1: Uh, no, not really. Uh, what's the bad thing?
0: Well, have a guess. You know, you you were a teacher once upon a time and you told kids to at least have a go, estimate. Well, that's, you were a maths teacher, estimation. Have a guess whether you're right or wrong.
1: <laughs> As to why you were thinking of me with the future. Why I was ASL... thinking
0: with in preparing for today's... In preparing for today's What's Making News, um, I, I saw an analogy between you and your situation and the AFL.
1: Did you? Yeah. Oh. For this year. No, except that we're all sort of locked away, some in better places than others, and hubs and that. But, uh, no, I don't know what the other connection would be.
0: No, oh, well, you're wrong, but uh, don't take it to heart. I'll tell you what the connection is, Russell. <laughs> The AFL has had a very interesting season, part of which every team goes through a pressure situation where they play a lot of games in a short period of time, and they find that physically and mentally fatiguing, they get injuries, and their performance slips away. Right? Right. That's true, isn't it?
1: Yes, it seems to be, yes.
0: Well you've had a lot of pressure on what's making news in recent weeks. You've had endless stream of homework to do um, in addition to your family duties and everything else, and I've had you under the pump. But this week, you're homework free, so you should be refreshed.
1: Oh, you think I've had a buy, haven't I, really? You've yeah. had
0: a bye, and <laughs> come up, you should come up, Trump's, in the next um, 20 minutes or so should be um, sparkling from... Oh. The perspective of your input.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but we'll give it a go. We'll see how we go.
0: There's a logic to all that nonsense, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I was wondering what the analogy was, but it's, it's, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> of course,
0: of course, logic to nonsense is an oxymoron, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes. It is. oh, but we'll
0: move on anyway. The Age Russell uh, had an interesting piece. AstraZeneca puts virus vaccine trial on hold. AstraZeneca has put a hold on the late stage trial of a highly anticipated COVID-19 vaccine candidate being developed with Oxford University after a suspected serious adverse reaction in a study participant. Um, I think we all got depressed when we read that one, Russell.
1: That's right, uh, because that's the same vaccine the Melbourne CSL has committed to making 30 million doses for Australians if it passes regulatory uh, approvals. And independent scientists will now determine whether the reaction was caused by the vaccine. Uh, And Clinical trial experts say, however, that such pauses to trials are common in vaccine development. In fact, it's pretty well routine action to just check it all out and uh, because earlier this week AstraZeneca and CSL said doses of the product could be ready in Australia in early 2021 so that's a little bit of a hiccup hopefully it uh, will be all sorted
0: Yes, and um, I mean, once we read the body of it, I mean, initially we heard that and we thought, "Oh, groan." But of course, um, as as a University of South Australia chair of biostatistics, Adrian Esterman, said, "Trial pauses are absolutely common. It would happen in every single." clinical trial is extremely common there's nearly always someone who dies or has a stroke or something else during a clinical trial and I think as I read it Russell this adverse reaction of, from which the the candidate is expected to to recover it happened to one person in the UK so um, it's not all gloom and doom yet on this one by a long shot it's uh, it's a pause would that be true
1: Apparently so, and as I say, it's not uncommon to happen in such early trials.
0: Yes, and whatever the issue was that the person had, um, they'll obviously review it. But uh, these things, I mean, in large samples of people, there's um, inevitably something happens with uh, some of the people which which causes a pause, but um, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the vaccine, and that'll be what they'll be attempting to ascertain whether the vaccine was the cause of this incident or not. As I read it, is that how you read it?
1: Yes, I have. Presumably, they know it has. given People are given placebo's, aren't they, uh, to see how the others compare with, the, with that group. But uh, uh, yes, that's exactly what you said. They're just seeing what happens and just tracing back exactly uh, what it means.
0: Which is all part of the rigorous process, isn't it? That, um, you know, in the debates about vaccines... Uh, to, be, to have efficacy and to be um, distributed and used, they have to go through a process of which this is part. And uh, all medicines do that, don't they?
1: Yes, I think they do before they're approved. They have yeah. to go through rigorous, rigorous testing and looking at side effects because most uh, drugs do have side effects of some sort, don't they? Very rare not to get any.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, whenever you take virtually anything, if you get the little script with it and you go and look up, they all say possible side effects. Well, um, there's there's almost nothing that you take that may not have some sort of potentially adverse, mild or serious reaction. Or also, I think with some of them, Russell, some medications are such that of themselves they may be fine, but uh, if you're drinking alcohol or taking some other Substance, you're warned not to do that. Um, yes, I, I know that yes. with certain antihistamines, it, you, it they can make you drowsy. Now, the drowsiness is fine, but it does say don't drive. <laughs> so, yes, yes. It, it's it, that of itself is no reason for alarm, is it?
1: No. So I guess I'll check that out, and uh, we'll hear more about that uh, pretty soon, I would think.
0: Yes, and I think I think you know I, I was not is similar to many people in that well, as soon as you hear the first thing, you know, we're all pretty desperate for a solution. Um, and when we heard that uh, there was a glitch in this or a hold-up or an adverse reaction, you go, oh, no, because we want, we want this to be over. But it won't truly be over, really, until until we find a vaccine. We won't get back to anywhere near normal for any length of time, I wouldn't imagine, in the absence of a vaccine.
1: No. Right. Yeah. Mm, so, uh, so, hopefully, we can bring it forward, and uh, it'll work well.
0: Yeah. Let's 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 just hope that this is one of those um, out of the box things that has nothing to do with the um, with the vaccine. And if, of course, if it does, then it's a lesson well learnt before it goes
1: out. Yes. and, Of course, we don't know how long lasting the vaccine is, or anything like that. It's all new to everybody, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, Russell. What's the model? What model are we talking about here?
1: Well, this is the model behind our road to recovery, uh, says the Herald Sun. Uh, Premier Dan Andrews has said Victoria's road out of lockdown is based on detailed modelling and data crunched by a supercomputer, but experts have questioned the information and assumptions used to generate the modelling and the difficult target set to erase restrictions. And... uh, We've heard the, uh, the experts have questioned uh, some of that and the modelling was done by four Melbourne experts, uh, Melbourne University experts in four different fields. Uh, basically, a computer program simulates up to 1,000 scenarios of how daily infections could change as restrictions ease and it predicts outcomes if Victoria began easing restrictions at 25, 10 and 15 daily cases. Now, as a result of that, the model has predicted it hasn't been safe to reopen in mid-September because the 14-day case average would still be more than 60. Now, if restrictions ease to 25 a day, there's still a 62% chance of needing to reimpose a lockdown by Christmas. If it gets down to a 5% average, then it's only a 3% chance of that. So uh, that's the modelling they've used. Now, what the experts have questioned... There are some experts that, mm. that they say it's mainly based on overseas results, not sort of local. Uh, it assumes contract tracing improvements efficiency would not be taken into account, and they're now looking at improving that uh, by going electronically, etc. Uh, that would affect the modelling. Therefore, the better that gets, it doesn't take into account such outbreaks as in aged care uh, or other ones, and. Um, on the other, on the positive side, if the updated modelling shows a reduced risk of further outbreaks, then the restrictions could possibly ease beyond what has been outlaid.
0: Hmm. Look, it's a it's a it's it's a highly controversial issue, and to the lay people, you have um, competing views about um, the theoretical model versus a real life model, and uh, it's very difficult to in the absence of historical data in, a, in Victoria or Australia, uh, real-life data that goes back over any significant period of time, to, to, to come up with um, safe, reliable uh, predictions. A, a theoretical model is based on assumptions and uh, it, it's hard to take aside. I, I do know the Premier came out... And he did, said, did say that um, he sticks by his statement that if it's above 25, the modelling, in his opinion, from the experts that he's engaged, is, um, is sound enough to predict that we need to be less than 25. Now, to the layperson, it depends on your politics and your viewpoint, really, doesn't it? I mean, the conservative people out there on this issue, I'm talking about conservative people, Russell, they would say, good on the Premier, you know, better to be safer than sorry. Um, On the other side of the coin, people who um, prefer, who who take the view that um, the risks are not as severe and would like things opened up quicker, um, from their perspective, we're being overcautious. Now it comes down to which way do you want to go? And that's also tied up with your views about economy and health and a whole lot of things. It's a it's it's a very polarising issue with, I think, still the majority of Victorians well and truly behind the Premier from from the polls. Would that be true?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so, by and large. I mean, obviously the business people want to get back as soon as possible, and every day we hear about uh, people will have to go, go under, won't be able to last, and... Even uh, the uh, Toto's Pizza Place, I see, was one of the latest ones,
0: shutting up shop.
1: Uh, But uh, you've got a way of it. On the other hand, the UK, which was uh, opening up the pubs about a month ago, they're going to now restrict uh, gatherings to no more than six because they've had a a bit of a resurgence. So, you you know, they hadn't locked down as strictly as we have, and they've got to go into now another lockdown situation.
0: Yeah, look, that's always the, you know, that's the chestnut, isn't it? That um, when's the time to ease and uh, or tighten restrictions and to what extent because all the world experience seems to be that uh, by and large as soon as you ease restrictions um, the waves and the spikes seem to recur Um, and, and yet all of us are sick of the restrictions. I mean it's a you know you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't situation Russell isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. Mm. I mean, looking at the pig, it wants to get to zero for 14 days before we can really open up, and five, I think, uh, to mainly open up. And no one's sort of done that anywhere, apparently, got to those figures. So that's what I think a lot of people are questioning, that we're on a road to nowhere if that's going to be our criteria, you know.
0: Yes, and see, the problem with this virus is that it's highly contagious, that's the problem. <laughs> it doesn't take much to spread very, very rapidly. Um and I think that's a big part of it. Look, it's one of those issues, Russell, and I think it um you could talk about it till as farmers would say, the cows come in.
1: The cows come from Yeah,
0: you'll never get a hundred percent agreement on it. And I just think we keep our fingers crossed that we get the numbers down and restrictions can be eased and sooner rather than later we get a vaccine that would be that would be the best case scenario wouldn't it
1: yes well that's i think the the main uh, outline the main purpose isn't it the the main goal in life of that yeah
0: we need to take a short break can you hold the line
1: yes certainly
0: Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gricek. I'm into a discussion with uh, Russell Hanby. What's making news? Welcome back, Russ.
1: Thanks, Henry.
0: The Herald Sun, Russell, school exam limbo. More than 3,000 of the state's smartest kids are in limbo, according to the Herald Sun. After the Year 9 entry exam to top government schools was postponed... For a second time, what do you make of that, Russ?
1: yes well, this is the select entry uh, exam- places. Uh, each year, about three and a half thousand uh, do apply for the select entry examinations to attend robertson Girls, Melbourne High, Nossel, and Suzanne Corey uh, High Schools. Uh, now, some parents uh, shift their children from higher priced schools if they win a place at these schools to win their scholarships mm. and. Uh, they were going to have exams. I think it's been postponed at least once, and they went out, the latest was September the 19th. Well, that's not going to be on because exams can't be held in, say, the exhibition buildings, uh, which they often are due to the pandemic restrictions on gatherings. So uh, they're going to be put off. That's so just another case of something making a different year for 2020, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, look, it's one of those ones. Um, I don't know how you get around that one. It's uh, because you... you can you have the kids doing the exams at home? I mean, would you have enough controls if the children were doing them at home, or do you set up small venues all around the state where you don't have a thousand kids in a room, um, simultaneously having that running in a, a, a large variety of places? Um, it, it that yeah, it, would it seem like enough, the alternative.
1: It? Yeah. And, and of course, it'd be quite a big thing to set up small little regions, I suppose. And uh, if you do it online, you do have that, uh, you know, in the word cheating. Uh, that, that <laughs> you didn't want in. to say it, yes. No, but it's, a, it's a the frankest way, isn't it? You know, well, the yeah. frankest
0: way is yes, if you got, you can't be certain. Now, we can't accuse anyone of cheating, but if you open the door to that potential. Uh, it's a bit like the null hypothesis, which you would know all about from your field of uh, inquiry as a teacher, mathematics. You can't prove the null hypothesis,
1: can you? No, that's right. So uh, uh, It's interesting to see what, look, what some of the uh, the schools they're at want a, a several weeks' notice if the kids are going to leave, but uh, that's a smaller part of the problem. But uh, it could be that uh, there may be no intake, but then that makes other ramifications, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, look, I, I think... I don't know, I think, I, I guess the best option, Russell, is yes, look, the kids would would be to try and set up venues whereby you didn't have la- a large number of students in the one venue. But of course, logistically, I can see just how challenging that'll be. It's a, it's a, it's a very different scenario, um, do you do? And the other
1: thing, I suppose they could depend on the goodwill of their current schools to supervise the tests, maybe online or something, but that requires uh, that sort of cooperation, doesn't it?
0: Enormous,
1: In this day and age, age, it's all to get the senior kids back anyway, let alone uh, supervise for another school's exam. Mm.
0: It says in the subtext, postponement testing parents. I'm sure it's not just testing parents. The students would have to be, I'd say, stressed by that. So, of course, would the select entry schools... Uh, their teachers at their current teachers would be and I'm sure that the authorities would be it's uh, it's uh, it's testing for everybody not just one category of people moving you, on you,
1: russell um, would you do this would i no i wouldn't but, uh, <laughs> why some not people might. why not the age the age says would you pay a $1000 for a face mask Now, the first time uh, designer Gwendolyn Birkin put on a plain blackface mask, she thought it made her look mean. So what she's done uh, with most of her bridal business on hold in lockdown, Birkin began making masks from the French lace and beading that she would normally use in wedding dresses that cost thousands of dollars. Now, with masks likely to stay with us, she predicts people will adopt a more fashion forward approach, like we do with earrings and handbags, or well, some of us do anyway. Now, most of her masks cost $115, but one is on Instagram for more than a $1,000 asking price. Now, she's not the only one. Other designers are releasing $100 masks, but they do warn of potential counterfeits, like when you go along Henry to get your Louis Vuitton or Gucci mask, it may not—it may not be genuine. <laughs> oh, you
0: mean you could get a fake one? Bit like, yeah, yeah. bit like a zircon engagement ring.
1: <laughs> yeah, or a watch or something. <laughs> or yeah, a watch one of those <laughs>
0: watches that have Amiga or Seiko or on it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, but you pick up on the Bali you, beaches apparently if, yeah, for a song. You can buy them there.
0: You can buy them in a lot of places. They only cost about a hundred dollars, but <laughs> they're worth five. <laughs> yes, we come across them, but but
1: why would you pay? You got to wash them. Yes, you do have to wash them. So uh, that means you might have to buy two, mind you. Just yeah, <laughs> two of them. And
0: and I mean, how do they handle washing with such? little ornaments on them after a while. I mean, you'd only wear them a day and you'd have to wash them every day.
1: Yes. I suppose... I don't you know might need you'd, more uh, than two. take
0: two days to dry out.
1: You can't sort of say you wear them to balls and the ballroom dancing because you're not allowed to uh, congregate for them at the moment. So it so defeats the purpose. But, you know, I think you, you could have one for a rainy day, I suppose, and another one for any exercise you're doing and that. But, uh, you know, I think it's just... Uh, I don't want
0: to forget any takers on the $1,000 one. No, and of course, uh, Burdick Birkin says uh, that while Melburnians are only two months into mandatory mask wearing, Russell, it's likely, she says, over time, the idea of a mask wardrobe will catch on with people owning masks for work or play, summer or winter. My goodness, that sounds like another 12 months. Uh, when masks are pretty, she says, Russell, you might like to take this bit on board. There's something, quote, a bit sexy and mysterious about them as well could you imagine coming home with one of these sexy and mysterious masks and waltzing into the (laughs) house and saying to your your lovely wife well what do you think (laughs) you think that'll you think that'll win you any bouquets
1: no I don't think so really no no so you won't
0: bother with that
1: no, I don't think I'll bother. I'll just stick to the uh, El Cheapos, I think, at the moment.
0: Good. So you don't need any ornaments to be a man of great appeal?
1: Uh, if you put it like that, no. That's Good. <laughs> we'll go on to
0: the odd spot, Russell. This is an interesting... They're all interesting. This is a, this is an interesting one.
1: Yes. Uh, the media had gathered at the Tan Hill Inn, the highest pub, to hear more from police on the three-day search for 80-year-olds Harry Harvey, who uh, who was lost in the fog-wrapped Yorkshire jails when a land rover pulled up and Mr Harvey got out. He had been found by a wildlife photographer and was well apart from a bumped head. He was well apart from a bumped head. Mr Harvey, an experienced walker who got separated from fellow hikers on Sunday said he'd seen a few search teams but didn't think they were looking for him. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, He's missing
0: for three days and there's people roaming all around the dales. Maybe he did have a bumped head, which apart he from a bumped head, maybe the bumped <laughs> head, he has suffered a bit of amnesia and didn't realise yeah. he
1: was lost. Well, he, if he didn't think he was missing, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like I just said, you're waving to them. You would and if you're in the search party looking for somebody and they perhaps just wave to you from a distance you'd say, Oh they're not lost <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he was lucky Sorry. because the weather's still warm enough in England if this was the middle of winter Yet he could have been in a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, different story. He, he might have gone up to one and said, can I help you? Who are you, who are you looking for? I might have seen him. <laughs>
0: oh, my goodness. It's uh, it's. I'll tell you what. It, it probably is true, that one. You know, we always question these because the Yorkshire Dales are fog-wrapped a lot of the time and people do get lost. And I presume the Tan Hill Inn is Britain's highest pub up in the Yorkshire Dales. So they've certainly got... The skeleton right, if indeed it is one of those, what do they call them? Fake odd spots?
1: Not Fake a, odd spots. <laughs> yeah, fake
0: odd spots. That would be a foss.
1: Yes, it would.
0: A foss. as distinct from a fossil. <laughs> right, Russ, that takes us out for this week. Well, look, uh, it's been great fun, uh, as always. And, look, if you get an inclination... For a fa- I can imagine you wearing a red and black face mask.
1: Well, I think they already have AFL masks uh, available now. I might send them. you one for Christmas.
0: Mind oh, what, well. <laughs> I'll certainly have the black in there.
1: Yeah, and put money white in there. Oh, then it would become some <laughs> wouldn't it? But, uh, <laughs> well,
0: you could say all sorts of things into a black and white mask and get away with it.
1: <laughs> right, right
0: well, thank you so much. You take care, and we'll catch you next week for the final. Uh, What's making news for this term before we have a couple right, of weeks' I'll... break?
1: Okay, look. To next and week, guess yeah. what?
0: No more homework. You'll be as fresh as a daisy.
1: Oh well, really charged up, yes. <laughs> and we
0: did, we did send you on that goose chase once, didn't we? Where you
1: caught that goose. To do?
0: Fresh as a Daisy, what did that tell Oh, yes, yeah,
1: we did all that, yeah. Yeah, that one's it, been it, done.
0: I hope if people want to look through the archives of what's making news, um, up there well, on the online social media platforms, somewhere in the not-too-distant past, you hunted down the meaning of Fresh as a Daisy, didn't you?
1: I did, yes, mm. and that reminds us that uh, the listeners, you do have a podcast that comes out at the end of each week of the program with all the segments, so Absolutely. people can catch up, People can catch up with it at any time, yeah. Mm.
0: And it'd be very interesting. Anyway, we'll give you another homework-free
1: week. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> take
0: care. That was Russell Hanby, listeners, and what's making news. We'll take a short break. Don't go away.